It's time to swing into the golf world of today. I don't think I've had this much fun on a golf show. The Pro Show with Keith Stewart, sponsored by TaylorMade. Terrific voice, and you have enthused. It's time to swing into the golf world of today. I don't think I've had this much fun on a golf show. The Pro Show with Keith Stewart, sponsored by TaylorMade. Terrific voice, and you have enthusiasm. Now your host, the director of fun. Give me that guy all day. He's the best. Keith Stewart. Friends and fans, good afternoon and welcome to The Pro Show. I'm your host, Keith Stewart, the director of fun. Thank you for tuning in to ESPN 920. We have more major content this week. One of the ladies competing in the KPMG PGA Championship is with us this afternoon. I have a ROM reaction and so much more. So let's get this show going, Wade. We got lots on the agenda. Fire up the chili peppers. Buckle up, folks. and running on this fabulous Friday afternoon here in June. Once again, lots going on in the golf world. PGA Tour champions, major championship, ladies, major championship. One of our significant themes of the afternoon. And uh, you know what else has been major there, Mr. Wade Weezer, this week? Speak to me. What's major? Our little interview last week struck a chord with a lot of people. Oh, yeah? You know, I think that, uh, you know... As David really got insightful about his career and his, you know, leadership style and and all of that that we covered last week, you know, I got a lot of people reaching out to me this week and they said they just really, really enjoyed us talking to him and him being so open and honest about his leadership style and, you know, how they were playing the show for other people that they managed and, you know, just sharing it around and um, which I thought was really cool because, you know, it's interesting when we start those interviews all the time, you know, we, you never quite know where it's going to go. You know, I always use the analogy, it's a hallway. I'm going to walk them down the hallway, but what door you choose is is certainly the room we're going to open. And uh, could be the bathroom. Yes. Could be. (laughs) I remember some of those interviews. Yes. That's for sure. Uh, But no, definitely last week we, um, we went into the uh, we went into the kitchen, you know, and we cooked up something nice, and I thought that that was really cool. And uh, so, kudos to him, and uh, thanks so much for being with us. And we're gonna roll right into a cool interview this week. Earlier in the earlier in the um, week, uh, I touched base with a player by the name of Elisa Rodriguez, and Elisa is a PGA associate professional from Austin, Texas, at Balcones Country Club, and she's one of the eight ladies competing in the KPMG PGA Championship. And she had a wonderful first round yesterday. Oh yeah! Um, as a you know, as a club pro, um, she shot seventy four. She was two over for the day, which was very good. I believe that put her in second or third place. The last I looked this morning before we got to this afternoon show, and um, she you know at the end of round one she was tied for sixty fourth, and uh, she's playing this afternoon. But she was I mean I can't wait to you hear this interview. I mean okay. she was just this. this extremely cool breath of fresh air. Did you give her any tips or no? Um, tips in golf? Yes. Um, <laughs> yeah. She, if she if she asked, if she had she asked, you probably would have. You know, we had a really good conversation. And uh, when we get to that part, um, I think you're going to be enthralled. Okay. 
That's for sure. There's no doubt about it. Um, speaking of getting enthralled in something, the KPMG is a ladies major championship and it's a dual major championship week. And we got to do a quick little leaderboard report report here. Uh, following round one, Lizette Salas, little five under uh, five birdie mistake free bogey free round. Um, she was our leader and Charlie Hull was in second place at four under with 68. But lurking and we'll talk more about them later. But the Corda sisters uh, Jessica at minus three, Nelly at minus two. Um, there was a sighting from one of our tailor-made athletes, Maria Fossey. She's had some injury issues. It just came out recently in the news. Uh, she was at two under. It was fun to watch her in the coverage yesterday. Uh, we're doing some work and some writing for PGA.com covering sure. the whole thing. So I was hunkered down for most of the day and I saw all the coverage and, uh, it was fantastic. Great job by the golf channel, but also, um, Atlanta Athletic Club, another one of these venues we talk about with the ladies and the people that lead ladies golf and put it out there. Uh, Much like the Olympic Club, the Atlanta Athletic Club right there outside of Atlanta. Um, Five major championships. This is going to be the sixth. Um, Yeah, the Highlands course there. Really strong, really strong. Um, speaking of strong golf courses, you have the senior men, the PGA Tour champions out at Firestone out there in Ohio. Uh, Steve Stricker led the way after round one. He just cruised through to a little seven under 63. And he um, he definitely um, is your hot pocket done. I, I can't tell you how many people in my life I tell them that from on Fridays from three to four, I'm busy. And so I digress. Uh, It's probably somebody watching the Travelers up there in Connecticut. You know, the PGA Tour, uh, one of those really fun tournaments where there's a lot of scoring. Uh, The back nine uh, creates a lot of drama. Uh, Yesterday, round one, Kramer Hickok, little seven under 63, along with uh, Satoshi Katahari and um, Taylor Gooch, minus six, 64. I love saying Taylor Gooch. It's just great. The Gooch. The Gooch. Five more at minus five. Um, you know, it's a free-for-all up there, a scoring bonanza. And uh, somebody's going to take it deep over the course of the next four days and win the Travelers. And you know what? I, I give the Travelers huge, huge kudos. Say that three times fast, <laughs> right? I give I give them kudos galore because everybody was out at Torrey Pines. Everybody had a long week with the U.S. Open, and they got a stellar field. You got Bubba, Patrick Cantlay, you got Bryson, you got Phil, Ricky, Brooks. They're all there. They're all competing. Uh, so the Travelers is definitely doing something right up there. So you other PGA Tour sites, if you're not getting the big names, I don't know if they're giving them an extra insurance deal or whatever it is, you know. But uh, they they are is definitely that a conspiracy theory. I mean. <laughs> I mean, wait, I, a conspiracy theory in insurance. Is that like an oxymoron? Maybe. You know, I mean, come on, seriously. But speaking of the U.S. Open, I got to give you my little John Rahm reaction because, you know, I will honestly say over the years, I have not been a big fan of John Rahm. Okay. Now, he doesn't like irk me the way that Bryson does with all of his like science talk, which isn't correct. You know, forget the fact that I was a double major in college <laughs> bio pre-med and this guy's throwing out physics terms and in biology and physiology stuff as if, we, you know, we don't know that there's 206 bones or something like that. You know, he just makes stuff up. But anyway, um, so John Rahm, you know, had his little memorial moment a couple weeks ago where after the third round, he was leading by six and then he tests COVID positive and then he has to withdraw from the tournament with a six shot lead after right, three rounds. Right. right? And, and his reaction to that was, you know, his social media post was very mature, um, very macro. You know, he very much showed tremendous poise. And, you know, I thought to myself, well, you know, he's got good handlers. 
Mm-hmm. Right. But <laughs> didn't give him credit for that, really. I, not 100 percent. No. And, you know, as we fast forward and he spoke after winning the U.S. Open. And I mean, there was a lot of people in play on the U.S. Open on Sunday. I mean, a, an hour after the leaders tee off, you've got 15 guys within three shots of the lead. And it wasn't just like 15 Taylor Gooches. No offense, Taylor, but you know what I mean? And I mean, we had Morikawa, we had Bryson, we had Brooks, we had Rom, we had Louis at the top. I mean, there, there were a lot. There was there was so many storylines going on there. So congratulations to the USGA for running uh, just an awesome tournament. But, you know, John Rom shoots 67 in the final round and he wins the U.S. Open, the 121st U.S. Open. And, you know, with the birdie birdie finish and the putts that he made, everyone will say, well, oh, that was such a defining moment. But then all week. I was really impressed by John Rahm, and it didn't surprise me at all that he actually pulled off the win. And we'll get into this a little bit more in the weekly update because there's a cool story surrounding John Rahm in San Diego. But you're talking about a guy who, when all the cards were dealt on Sunday afternoon, I mean, with just, what was it, eight holes to go, Bryson's in the lead. He plays eight more holes, and he finishes T26th. I mean, that's like unheard of. I mean, that kind of collapse. But you look at some of these names and everyone was firing on all cylinders for the front nine. And then all of a sudden, you know, this little thing called pressure kicked in. But you've got Brooks. Brooks shoots 32-37 for his nines. Morikawa, 32-38. Rory, 34-39. I mean, Brooks, 33-44. No, not Brooks. Bryson, 33-44. I mean, the back nine, everybody kind of picked up their tents and they said, you know what? The scout trip is over. I'm done camping for the weekend and I'm out, you know, and they, 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 they were, they were done. And then all of a sudden, you know, you can, and you could kind of see this emerging, but Rom kind of stepped up and embraced the moment where some of the other guys, I mean, poor Louie on the 17th hole, he's got from here, he's got, he's, you know, he's on the coast there, right? So he's got, he's got this ravine, which is the Pacific ocean on one side. And on the other side, he has us. Right. All right. He's got like 3,000 miles to his right. And the guy hits it left. And, and it just goes to show you how difficult golf is. But everyone had their little moment. And Rom's moment was stepping up and making those two birdie putts. So I give him tremendous credit at this point because he wrote that tweet or that Instagram post or whatever it was, you know, or he was the inspiration behind it after the memorial. I'm convinced of that now because the way that he handled himself and the way that he spoke and then, you know, he gets the greatest gift on his first ever Father's Day because he just had a son right right before the Masters. The U.S. Open always ends on Father's Day. So his first Father's Day, I think he'll remember this one. I think so. You know, I don't know if his son will at like three months old being carted around, but um, it was pretty cool. And, you know, I I I think that there have been a lot of critics that talk about, you know, the quality of the golf course when it comes to Torrey Pines. But, you know, with two editions of the U.S. Open there, you've got the Tiger-Rocco playoff and 91 holes. Tiger wins on a broken leg. And then you had this particular one where all the stars were aligned and then one by one they kind of fell away. Um, I just think it was I think it was a pretty cool U.S. Open. I am extremely interested to see where John Rahm goes from here. Because this guy can flat out play golf. He's now, he's 26 years old. He's now the number one player in the world. And just in this PGA Tour season alone, he's 18 events, 17 cuts made. um, And he has one withdrawal. 
we've all touched on that. But, but he's won you over a little bit. Yeah, I, you know what, though? I, I kind of am getting to like this guy. 11 top 10s, 14 top 25s um, out of 18 events. You know, I mean, is that good? Six million in earnings, if you like those sort of things. One, one of the things that kind of gets me is that this guy is is legit consistent. He's played at about 100 PGA Tour events, and he has 51 top 10s. That's consistency. Man, but top 10s. Yeah, I mean, I'm I mean, not just talking about making yeah. the cut. Consistently right? really good. It's just, it's it's pretty cool. And uh, kudos to him. That's my ROM reaction. And, uh, you know, I, I just think that uh, we could all learn a lot from his last two and a half weeks. You know, not only the poise under pressure to make those birdie putts on 17 and 18, but the positive mindset that he chose to use coming out of the news at the memorial, um, being a new father and a family man married to Kelly, um, getting himself as healthy as he could, going through all the checkpoints, getting cleared early to start at Tory to practice the, the press conferences, all of it, all of it showed just a high level amount of maturity. And, um, you know, if we discuss that on the pro show, then it increases our level of maturity, which is, ob- so? is obviously something we need help with. But this so much, I'll tell you, you know, who doesn't need help with their maturity or what they do? And that's the New Jersey Golf Foundation. You know, as golf has become a therapeutic part of the rehabilitation process for military veterans living with physical and cognitive challenges, the New Jersey Golf Foundation is all in offering golf programming specifically for veterans through PGA Hope. And that's helping our patriots everywhere. Our veterans enjoy camaraderie on the golf course alongside fellow veterans while learning the game from PGA professionals. For information on weekly PGA Hope programs at Fiddler's Elbow Country Club, Forsgate Country Club, and Galloping Hill Golf Course, visit NewJerseyGolfFoundation.org or call 732-465-1212. All right. 315 folks here in New York. Thanks for listening to ESPN 920. Be back in a moment with Elisa Rodriguez from Atlanta. Can't stop addicted to the shindig. Chopped up, he says I'm gonna win big. Choose not to like Mike Greenberg. One of the great players in the history of his sport has said he doesn't like the game anymore. That player is Gary Sheffield. There's no axe to grind here, right? Like he's not, he's not someone like Jose Canseco to take it to the ultimate extreme. But in him coming out and saying that, when you got a guy who's like a borderline Hall of Fame caliber player saying, I hate the sport now, that's a pretty harsh thing to say. Greeny with Mike Greenberg. Weekday mornings at 10 Eastern on ESPN Radio. And watch exclusively on ESPN+. Join the thousands of golfers who already call Stick and Hack, their home for the best golf stories, original podcasts, special events, member perks, and an active community of golfers across North America. Up until now, the golf media landscape lived somewhere between straight PGA coverage or idiots wrecking golf carts. We take a different approach by celebrating all sides of golf, life, and all the ways this amazing game connects sticks and hacks every day. Your free membership entitles you to discounts from major brands all over the country while connecting you with like-minded golfers for discussion, tips, or even around a golf. So head to stickandhack.com and enjoy the world's greatest golf club without the course. Time to get back on course as the pro show continues. Great show and great questions. Once again, Keith Stewart. Welcome back to the pro show. I'm your host, Keith Stewart, and you're listening to ESPN 920. Elisa Rodriguez is competing in the KPMG PGA Championship this week in Georgia. An accomplished player, incredible coach, and cool person, she represents the modern journey of a PGA professional. Her life is a highway filled with stories and smiles. I caught up with her earlier this week, and I can't wait to see where this interview goes. 
from Austin to Atlanta, this week's experience or something special. Life's like a road that you travel on. There's one day here and the next day gone. Sometimes you bend, sometimes you stand, sometimes you turn your back to the wind. There's a world All right, this is so cool. This afternoon, I'm joined by one of the eight PGA and LPGA members competing in the KPMG PGA Championship. Elisa, how's your week going? Oh, it's going great. You know, Keith, it's been so much fun being out here. I've seen some big names out here this week, and it's just kind of cool to see them up personal, up close and personal instead of on TV. Well, all right. So you are at a major championship, your first major championship, but we got to go, go a little bit backwards here. We got to go through your origin story. Everybody loves a good origin story, right? So how did you get to the KPMG Women's PGA Championship? How did you qualify? Well, I qualified back in February um, at the stroke play, women's stroke play down in Florida. Um, played pretty well. It was my first tournament of the year. Um, ended up with a fourth place finish and was able to come down here and qualify or come down here and compete. All right. So just for my listener audience, how many of the ladies qualified out of that event? Eight. Eight. Okay. So eight right out of that event and you were the fourth qualifier. So going into the final round, I believe you were in fifth place, right? I, mm-hmm. And, and uh, <laughs> it's pouring rain. We weren't sure if we were going to play at first. All right. Oh, so, so at that point you were fifth, you were like, yeah, I'm, I'm cool with canceling the final round probably. Right. I mean, yeah, but at the same time, I wanted to scoop my way up the leaderboard, see if I can win some more money. So. All right. I like that. I like that a competitor at heart. I love it. All right. So tell me a little bit about that last day, you know, some of the emotions you went through and, and what you were thinking about, you know, were you able to stick to that old mantra, like one shot at a time, or did you kind of think about Atlanta at some point? Um, you know, Give our, give our listeners a little bit of a story, a little inside to the, the uh, mindset of Elisa Rodriguez. I mean, it, I definitely was more nervous that last day, um, just going into the round. We weren't really sure if we were going to play. And so I was just kind of sitting in the car and watching um, those early tea times go off in the pouring rain. And I was like, okay, if they do make us play, conditions are going to be pretty tough. Um, I started par bogey double i think or i didn't have the the great start oh no Um, i had some tv cameras following me i was definitely a little more nervous with them all up in my face but i was able to um put it together make some birdies down the stretch and um had a good par save on 16 and um i hit in the water off the tee and was able to save par on the par five and so it was it was it was fun it was fun um it's stressful, but I was happy to be able to get it done. All right. Now we're a couple months removed from that, but I could still kind of hear the emotion in your voice, right? Uh, taking you back to that moment. And so you finish out and you're done on 18 mm-hmm. and you know, you've played well. Did you know right away that you were in? Um, my dad actually told me, so I finished, I missed like a, on the last hole, like an eight footer for birdie. And in my head, I was like, what if that was what I needed to like <laughs> secure the spot? Cause I, I'm not the type that likes to like really look at the leaderboards when I'm playing and they had a couple up. So I was just kind of going with the flow. Um, but I went to turn my scorecard in and I was kind of just waiting for it to refresh. Cause it was at the bottom of the, of the leaderboard. And my dad's like, no, you made it in. So it was definitely, it was definitely a stressful day, but I was happy to get it done. All right. So your dad was there with you and you guys get to share that moment. Um, you know, what was, you know, what was racing through your mind as soon as that it refreshed and then you knew you were in like what, you know, 
all of the listeners to my show are golfers and they compete in tournaments. It could be their club championship. It could be a member guest. But when you get to that moment where you've achieved like a really lofty goal and as a player, you've practiced so hard to get there, you know, what's the first thought that popped into your head? I mean, I didn't think I'd made it at first. It was, it still really hadn't set in until about this week, like walking on the grounds and kind of seeing all the tents and being given the credentials and being able to just eat dinner with some of the players and just kind of see him the table over. So honestly, it didn't really set in until this week. Like I knew I hadn't made it. I was like, Oh, how cool. I'm going to make it. I'm going to go play in the KPMG. But at that moment I was just kind of like, Oh, how, how, how exciting. <laughs> oh, geez. I mean, that's, that's some tremendous composure at the moment. All right. Between then and now, um, I'm sure you've got tons of messages of support um, from friends and probably people you didn't even know as you're heading into your first ever major championship um, as a player. So um, any cool ones that you want to share with us? Uh, text messages or? I've gotten a lot, mostly from like members of my club, um, the juniors, either texting off their parents' phone and saying, hey, Coach Elisa, good luck this week. Or um, I posted one of the videos um, promoting all the PGA players that are playing this week. And I was getting a lot of Facebook like comments of family and friends of like my parents. Um, so it was just kind of cool to see like a lot of people that I hadn't really kept in touch with um, rooting for me this week as well. Yeah, I mean, that must be tremendous. And folks, you know what? We're having a great time this afternoon. We are talking to Elisa Rodriguez, and Elisa is one of the qualifiers for the KPMG Women's PGA Championship. She is a PGA associate teaching professional out at Balcones Country Club in Austin, Texas. So let's talk about those Balcones supporters for a second, right? How's the membership reaction been to you going to a major championship? I mean, normally you're teaching the members or their children, and then now you're playing on TV. How's the support been from the club? Oh, it's been, it's been a crazy. It's just, it's just so cool that now they have a chance to see me play on TV. A lot of them have always been like, Ooh, when, when are we going to watch you play? Especially the kids. When are we going to see you on TV? Cause I've been playing a lot of mini tour events. And so I'll be gone and the kids, they don't really understand the whole idea of the mini tour. So they're just like, Oh, professional event. Does that mean TV? So finally to go on TV and be able for them to watch me play. I'm really excited. Yeah, I mean, that's got to be a huge moment. And then when you go back, I mean, get the Sharpie ready. You know, you have to have the autograph, um, you know, signature down pat. You know, you could probably pra practice this week for sure. Um, so first major championship, who have you brought with you to Atlanta? So my dad got or my dad flew out with me. Um, my caddy just came in yesterday, Chris Taylor. He I actually worked with him at Topgolf and he's been a huge part of my game and my success and just all my teaching Everything I've kind of learned definitely has came from him teaching wise. Um, parents and uncle and aunt are coming today and brother on the weekend. So we, we got a good group. And then I have two of my juniors and their family coming out to watch. So we'll have a good crowd. That's awesome. So you, you have a, a built in gallery. I love yeah. it. I love it. That's awesome. So uh, let's talk a little bit about this week's challenge. Atlanta Athletic Club, the Highlands course, previously hosted five different majors. This is the sixth one. Uh, what do you know about the golf course? And, you know, how does your game fit in? I know it's beautiful. <laughs> it's in, it's in great condition, man. I haven't, I haven't played in a course this nice and I don't know how long. And I've played a, I played a lot of good courses and it's just so perfect. The grass just kind of looks like a carpet. It doesn't even look real. The greens are rolling great. It's, it's a fun, fun track for sure. 
All right. How about a little scouting report? Right. We're watching you on TV um, and the commentators are talking about Elisa Rodriguez's game. Right. Um, what's the best part of your game and, and what have you been working on to prepare for this major championship? My best part of my game right now, probably, I mean, I want to say everything, but um, my irons right now are really solid. I've been hitting my irons really well. I've been hitting my driver really well these past couple of weeks. These greens are definitely going to be a little tricky. They're a little faster than what I'm used to. A lot of um, breaks. Um, short game is definitely going to be key this week. But, hey, I'm going to hit all the greens, hopefully, so we won't, we won't be chipping much. Well, okay. So let's step aside for a second from the KPMG. You are a PGA coach, right? Mm-hmm. Um, so you are preparing, you're coaching yourself. You're probably not, you have a coach, but you know, um, figuratively you're coaching yourself and you know that short game is going to be a challenge or putting is a challenge. Now that you're on the property, are there a couple things you could share with my listeners that you're doing to try to extra prepare in order to kind of adjust to this new situation? Because um, people that play in tournaments, they tend to go to places they haven't played before. And you probably could give us some great advice. What do you think? Well, honestly, you just kind of want to go with what you trust. Like I've been putting, I've always done a traditional putting grip for the longest time. And recently, or in February, I switched to left hand low. And I I was putting better, you know, I was kind of traumatized from all the short putts I used to miss regular, like with a regular grip. And um, so I switched to left hand low and I've been putting good, but having, I feel like I can still make a lot more. So this week I actually switched back to the traditional grip because I just had better feel and these greens were quick, but for some reason crossing, I guess I'm just used to like pounding the putts because where we play aren't the fastest, but um, I just decided to switch to a back to my traditional grip and I've been rolling the ball real nice. So sometimes you just have to switch it up and see what works with um, the course you're playing. Well, you know what? Great players can adjust easily. And, you know, you're looking and you get a good read on the situation, you know, and I, and I like the way you put that. You just, you went with what was comfortable rather than trying to force the situation and say, well, I've been doing this, so I can't adjust. I mean, you're a good player. You should be able to adjust to a lot of different situations. So that's kind of a cool insight. I appreciate you sharing that with us. Um, there's another thing I'd like you to share with us, right? So y- you were a fabulous player at UTEP, right? That's University of Texas, El Paso. And you know, you step out of playing in the collegiate ranks and you mentioned that you played on some mini tours, but you've also started a PGA journey. So can we talk a little bit about that? You know, um, as you came out of college, how did you kind of find your way to, and I love this. I, you know, I found this online. We have great researchers here at the, uh, at at the pro show on ESPN 920, but um, the, saying the club saying at Balcones country club is the club that has the most fun. Yep. Right. And uh, as we're speaking today, I can hear the kind of joy in your voice. I can tell you smile a lot just by the way I can hear you through the airwaves, but um, how'd you end up at Balcones country club? So it's actually right down maybe half a mile away from my house. So it's right in the neighborhood. Um, I, when I started playing golf, I started playing golf when I was 15. So I kind of started late in the game and it was the family-friendly club that we found. And I, so I kind of grew up, or my golf journey started at Balcony. So that's where we joined. And so I knew a lot of, or I knew quite a few members there growing, or when I started playing and then went to college, obviously came back and I reached out to the um, director of golf and was like, hey, do you need any help with the summer camps? Or are you looking for somebody? And then it kind of just ended up going from there. 
who helped you start your golf journey? Was it your dad, your mom? Was it, you know, the PGA pro at Balconies? I mean, how did you, at 15, you say you were late into the game, but you have to understand that, you know, you have, you have plenty of years to come, Melissa, right? Yeah. So, um, you know, it, it, to everyone, there's always somebody that kind of sparks that interest in the game. Uh, who was the person for you? I mean, it was kind of a little bit of my dad and his older brother. Um, they, he was always the one into golf, his older brother. And then I kind of just got put in a summer camp and then I ended up liking it, honestly. And it kind of worked out with my, I was always, I was a softball player growing up, diehard softball player, fan, whatever. And, um, they needed a couple more people on their golf team and it worked out with my softball schedule and Hey, we made it work. Softball, huh? Okay. So that now you got my, my teaching brain, my PGA, my PGA coaching brain going, uh, what position did you play? I played catcher and third base. Catcher and third base. Uh, do you find, you know, cause I'm sure there's a lot of people that listen to the show that they have played baseball or softball growing up as a child. And then they pick up golf maybe later in life past the age of 15, mind you. Okay. And um, do you find that there's some similarities in the way that you used to bat and now the way that you hit a golf ball or when you were playing both when you were in high school, um, do you feel like there were some similarities between the two? Oh, definitely. Like, I mean, I didn't like going from like golf practice to softball games because I was always swinging at the low ones, but I could hit them really good. Um, but yeah, it's definitely, definitely a lot of similarities in the golf swing and the softball swing, baseball swing. So it's helped me power wise hit the ball a little further. So yeah. All right, folks, if you're joining us this afternoon, we are talking to a major championship athlete here, not just a softball player, but a golfer competing in this week's KPMG Women's PGA Championship. Her name is Elisa Rodriguez. She's from Austin, Texas. And we're going to get back into this, right? So you have this playing career, but it also parallels you working at the club, you know, and that's a lot to balance from time to time. So, you know, let's talk a little bit about that play work balance for a second, because there's, there's a lot of PGA professionals and or golfers that just have careers that try to figure out how to practice and work and, you know, manage life. You know, all of our lives are busy and they're challenging. Right. So how do you go about that process? I go to bed early, honestly, that's the key, (laughs) but um, I spend pretty much all day at the golf course. I probably get there around seven 38 in the morning, just depends on the day. Um, I'll practice before I give some lessons before it gets hot. And right now with the summer camps, I try to get out there and practice before they start at nine. So then I've been teaching the kids all day. And then depending on the day, I might go play nine or um, I practice at a couple courses in Austin. So depends what I'm feeling, but it's, it's hard work trying to balance the two, but I definitely find time and had to make some sacrifices here and there, whether it's hanging out with friends or something, so, but I make it work. Well, I'm sure your director of golf there is a good influence, you know, and it helps mentor you through some of those decisions, you know, and and it is a great influence. But there was another influence in your golf career um, that I want to touch on for just a moment, because you do do a lot of teaching. You are at a country club, but there was a point in your career where you worked at Topgolf. And I'm a huge fan of Topgolf and Drive Shack and entertainment golf. I think it brings a lot more people into the game. So I want to talk a little bit about that experience you know, as we kind of describe your PGA journey today, how do you feel like working at a place that is entertainment golf driven has kind of shaped the way that you run the programs and the things that you're teaching that you do at Balconies on a daily basis? Yeah. So like I said, I, uh, well, I started at about our top golf 2015 and that's really where I started um, teaching kids. 
So I was, I got there before I was at Balcones and uh, I worked under um, Chris Taylor. He was the director of instruction there at the time. Who's actually on the bag this week. So it's kind of cool to see it going all in full circle. And now he's working for me instead of me working for him. But I taught um, like 11 weeks worth of summer camp from Jan- from June all the way to mid-August. And I learned a lot from him and all the other um, PJ instructors that were there at the time. And it kind of definitely helps me um, as a player and as an instructor. And I worked there for a while, did a couple internships through the summer and before I moved up. So I was at the one in Austin and then they opened one up my senior year of college in El Paso. So I was able to go to that one and work there as well with other instructors. So I kind of got to learn a little bit from everybody. Having that much experience in that environment, which is not a traditional golf environment. Um, how did that, you know, what kind of impression did that leave upon you as far as like when we use the, uh, the classic tired phrase, growing the game right now, when you um, are introduced to beginner golfers at Balconies or you, even when you have seasoned golfers, people with a lot of experience, did it, you know, I'm just very interested. A, a lot of teachers in golf grow up in a very traditional practice range, you know, um, sun up to sundown, they teach or whatever. And you had this totally different kind of influence early on in your career. And I'm just wondering, you know, how has that helped shape your philosophy when it comes to teaching and coaching? I mean, it kind of just, it helps me realize that it's more than just the score. It's more about having fun. And it definitely like a lot of these beginners, um, they just want to hit the ball. They want to hit the ball. And what I loved working about working at Top Golf was that you had these giant targets. It wasn't so, oh, I got to hit it in the hole. It was more of, let's see how many points I can get. Let's see if I can hit it in this color or that color or whatever. And so I've kind of taken that to balconies. And um, I like to set up a lot of games for my juniors. It could just be different little targets or putting chipping games to where they're not really focused on hitting that perfect shot every time. It's more about, well, what happens if you miss? Well, what happens if you don't hit it straight? You can still make par on the golf course if you don't hit it straight. It's just more of what do you do next and having fun at the same time. You know, I love the way you put that. It's like such a great macro view, you know, and, and I know you started late in the game at 15, but I could also tell by the sound of your voice and, I, and I've read your bio that, you know, you're not 50 years old either. So I think that it's really important that this message gets out to my listeners, you know, but now what's also really important is that I have some sponsors that we have to hear from. So I got to go to a quick break right now, but I need you to hold tight. We'll be back in just about 90 seconds. And we're going to talk a little bit more about your experience this week at your first major championship. Sound good? Sounds great. All right, folks, hold tight. Up next, more with Austin's awesome, Elisa Rodriguez. Thanks for listening to ESPN 920. T-Shawn Johnson. Any quarterback that plays underneath him is going to look crazy, and especially if they got any skill set. Jay Williams. I'm just tired of talking about what Joel Embiid and Ben Simmons don't do. I want to start talking about what Brett Brown needs to make them do. It's time to go to work, Brett. And Subin Mahente. I can promise you, I am as passionate about sports as you are. It is time to go to work. Keyshawn, J. Will, and Zubin. Weekday mornings starting at 6 on the new 920 ESPN. Today's interview is brought to you by our friends at B-Dratty. 
Bidratty is known for their irrationally comfortable Peruvian Pima cotton polos. But did you know they've branched into new categories? You must try like boxers, layers, button downs, and even performance fabrics with their Dratty Sport. The theme with all of their products is meticulous attention to detail. Details most companies choose to overlook. Be Dratty thoughtfully considers like our favorite Russell Quarter Zip where the front pouch is sewn into the garment and not topped on, allowing for a slimmer, less bulky fit. Shop the entire Be Dratty line at BeDratty.com and receive 25% off with our exclusive discount code KJS25. You got a great voice for radio. Time to get back on course. Thanks for radio. I, I get a lot of that too. As the pro show continues, once again, Keith Stewart. It's the pro show. I'm Keith Stewart. Welcome back to our conversation with Elisa Rodriguez. You know you're listening to New Jersey's ESPN 920. I got my peaches out in Georgia. Oh yeah. I get my work from California. That's that. I took my chick up to the north, yeah. I get my life How about this source, vibe yeah. for our summer Friday afternoon? It's pretty cool when the pro show connects with Bieber Fever. Relax, enjoy the beat, and slide into the rest of our interview with Elisa from Atlanta. We are back with Elisa Rodriguez, and it is your first major championship. And, you know, we talked a lot about your PGA journey in the first nine of this conversation. But as we get into the back nine, let's have a little more fun. All right. You talked about fun in the beginning, having fun at Top Golf, coaching there, having, you know, playing games with your juniors, et cetera. Right. But now, I mean, it's serious time. You're walking up onto the range at the KPMG Women's PGA Championship. You are seeing some of your idols out there. What's that experience like? Tell us a little bit. Give, give us a story or two about something that's happened this week that, you know, kind of had you pinch yourself and blew your mind. Well, the first day we got here, um, it was er, Sunday. I don't know. It's all a blur now. But I was on the range hitting balls, and Maria Fossey walks up, and she's warming up, getting loose, stretching. She looks over, and she goes, oh, I like your head cover. <laughs> and I have my dog. Um, I got these head covers custom made by Bobby Golf. Um, they're located in Mexico, and I found them on Instagram. But they did this custom like as techie print thing of my dog and it's so cute but yeah she commented she liked my head cover and i was like oh she likes my dog <laughs> so that was kind of cool oh man what a moment um how about have you been able to talk to any of the players you know maybe you're in the on the practice short game area or on the range you know i'm kind of interested in you know you are out on the mini tours and you are as as well as having a pga journey you are also, if you had a breakthrough and you started to play well and you go Symmetra LPGA, you know, I'm, I'm sure you're heading down that road, right? Um, this is an amazing week to kind of collect some experience from these veterans of the game, the people that are on tour. Um, have you asked any questions of anybody or has anyone given you any advice in order to try to help you in your pursuit of playing for a living? Not really. I mean, I talked to Susie Whaley, who used to be the PGA president and her biggest, or her biggest thing was just have fun, enjoy the moments. Um, don't try to get too ahead of yourself and just enjoy it because you never really know when it's going to be your last major or your last LPGA event. So that's the biggest thing I'm trying to do this week for sure. Early in the week, any good practice round stories so far? Well, so we actually, myself and this other PGA professional booked our, so we book them through a time or through an app. So we booked and we thought we were going to play with Lexi Thompson and we were so excited. And then I guess she switched her tea time. So that was, I was kind of sad, but I'm going to play with Celine Boutier and Annie Park today. So I'm excited. 
Oh, that's cool. I mean, I, you know, while you're out there, I'm sure mentally you'll be taking notes. You know, you play actively on the Women's All Pro Tour. So tell me a little bit about that tour. Yeah. So the Women's All Pro Tour, this is their second ish season. Um, I love those events. They're so well run. They're, the people are great. The staff is great. They're, they're all about helping us get to that next level. And so they're always, um, really nice about like, if you get into a Symmetra tour, they're like, yeah, go. They're really pushing us to just go play at that higher level and see us move on. And they do a lot of, um, so we do two exemptions each tournament, first and second place. We'll go get exempted to a Symmetra tour. And then the top five, um, points, um, people that make the top five points will actually move on to stage two of Q school. So they've partnered up with the Symmetra tour and the LPGA to help us get to that next level. So it's definitely fun. Um, the competition is great. The girls are great. I have a blast when I play on those, play those events. So, you know, you have to call it a developmental tour because that's essentially what it is. Right. And it's a feeder system for Symmetra, for the LPGA and for women who want to play professionally to try to hone their game and move forward. Um, the fans of this show always fall in love with my guests. Right. So they're going to want to follow you. How do how do we find the scoreboards and the leaderboards for the women's all pro tour? Yeah. So if you just Google women's all pro tour, it pops up right there. W.A.P.T. Um, their uh, social media, Instagram, you can follow them there. Twitter, same thing. Um, they do a really good job with their social media, posting leaderboards, pictures, everything. So, yeah, you can follow them there. This week you're in Atlanta. Normally you're in Austin, but we're up here in the New York metropolitan area. Does the tour ever come up this way? Could people attend one or could they volunteer at one? You know, how does, um, where does the women's all pro tour kind of exist? Where do you guys play your tournaments? Um, Texas, Louisiana, Arkansas, um, some Oklahoma. So mostly down here, down South, but we're going to be in Florida October-ish. So, I mean, that's kind of closer to New York, but <laughs> Hey, maybe you never know. Maybe we'll make it up there one of these days. Hey, we have a lot of snowbirds up here, so they can check you out in Florida. There's yeah. no doubt. Or maybe Scottsdale or something along those lines. So yeah. uh, I appreciate you sharing that with us. And one other thing that you definitely got to share with us, because I know for a fact, and folks, if you're just joining us, shame on you, but we are talking to Elisa Rodriguez and she is competing. She's a PGA associate professional out at Balcones Country Club in Austin, Texas. But she's with us today sharing her experience of playing in her first major championship out at the Atlanta Athletic Club in the KPMG Women's PGA Championship. Now, this week's going to be a big week. You know, you probably have a whole team of people working your social media, I'm sure, just like Lexi or uh, Danielle Kang or somebody like that. But uh, um, your Twitter handle or your Instagram handle, I don't know which one you use, but um, how can we follow along with you other than the scoreboards online? Um, so my Instagram is Elisa Rodriguez Golf, first name, last name, golf. And same thing with my, um, well, my Twitter is Elisa M. Rodriguez. So hopefully I can maybe get them changed to be the same thing. But yeah, I'm more active on my Instagram, you know, got to get those pictures for the gram, but I'm definitely going to be posting a lot there. I have already this week. So we have a little tradition here on the show. We like to play a little rapid fire Q and a with our guests. What do you think? You up for this, Lisa? Yeah, for sure. Let's do it. All right, here we go. Favorite zoo animal. Ooh, zoo animal, polar bears. I love polar bears. Last song you downloaded. Oh, ooh. I don't really download songs nowadays. I mean, I just put it on my like Apple music and just make it work. But let's see. Oh, probably that just new Justin Bieber Peaches song. <laughs> uh, 
most unique item you carry in your golf bag? Ooh, um, unique. Mm. Divot tool that I got freshman year at conference. Don't ask me where I played because I don't remember, but <laughs> it was in Florida and I've just, it's just such a nice little divot tool and I've just kept it since and it's just so cute, I guess. And I always use it. it always has to be in the right pocket when I play. Why the right pocket? Um, I guess because I don't want to stick my glove hand in my pocket. So right hand, right pocket. It just works. I, I, I love it. There is a practical reason for a superstition. That's great. It's, it's really good. All right. Excluding golf. If you were going to the Tokyo Olympics, what sport would you be competing in? Ooh, um, softball. <laughs> you know what? I, I, I should have known that based upon our earlier conversation. All right. On a scale of one to 10, rate your fishing ability. Fishing. Oh, well, I actually used to fish. Don't tell anybody, but I actually used to fish at this pond at my at Balconies, a number 15, um, huge pond, lots of good fish. And there's a giant sign that says no fishing, but everybody does it anyways. So I would say my fishing ability is probably like a solid eight. You know, I can catch some good fish out there with hot dogs. So, you know. Oh, there you go. Most used app on your phone. Ooh, TikTok for sure <laughs> oh boy so what's your tiktok handle oh i don't you don't want to i don't even post picture or videos there i just like to scroll and look at everybody else oh boy all right my well fingers make me make videos of them so yeah you don't i don't tiktok mm -mm. <laughs> if you were going to sing a duet with jennifer lopez what song would you sing tequila so easy you just say tequila Best you know, around. <laughs> Touche. Great answer. All right. What makes you smile? Uh, my dog. Love her. <laughs> What's her name? Well, her name's Annie, but we call her Lola or Lolasaurus. So it's just, she has all these names. What kind of dog? She is a mutt. She's like a chihuahua, wiener dog, terrier looking thing. She's brown. Did you bring her with her with you for the week? I wish my dad didn't let me. <laughs> Fair enough. All right. One more for you. Describe this week in one word. Amazing. You know what? I'd have to agree with you there, Elisa Rodriguez. It's been amazing to share you with my audience. You are a fantastic, fantastic ambassador for the game. I love all your passion, your emotion. And I know I could just tell, you know, you've been smiling throughout this whole interview. I wish I could go take a junior clinic with you. Best of luck this week. Keep enjoying your PGA journey. Thanks for being with us here on the Pro Show. Yeah, thank you so much for having me. Well, I'll tell you what. She is a tremendous breath of fresh air. You know, I love her spirit. I love her personality. I love it, man. You know, it goes well with your Bieber choice there. It that does. was good stuff. That was good stuff. Obviously, she appreciated that. I could hear that in there. And you know what else we appreciate? We appreciate that today's interview was brought to us by B. Dratty. And let me tell you about my favorite B. Dratty item this week. You know, it's definitely this Vin Polo I've been wearing playing golf lately. Looking sharp. It's a little micro stripe. I love it, you know. And the thing is this Peruvian Pima cotton. And it's so comfortable. I thought that was Peruvian. Yes, I know. I know. And if you want to get yourself a shirt just like me and snag 25% off, go to bedratty.com and use the code KJS25, which is exclusive to all my listeners. And you know what else is exclusive to my listeners there, Mr. Wade Weezer? What's that? Well, it's the weekly update because, you know, we're fast approaching 4 p.m. Thanks, everybody, for listening to ESPN 920. Mike Greenberg. 
Green. One of the great players in the history of his sport has said he doesn't like the game anymore. That player is Gary Sheffield. There's no axe to grind here, right? Like he's not, he's not someone like Jose Canseco to take it to the right. ultimate extreme. But in him coming out and saying that, when you got a guy who's like a borderline Hall of Fame caliber player saying, I hate the sport now, that's a pretty harsh thing to say. Greeny with Mike Greenberg. Weekday mornings at 10 Eastern on ESPN Radio. And watch exclusively on ESPN+. Plus. Right now, we all might feel a little disconnected. For seniors living alone with smaller social circles, feelings of loneliness and isolation can feel overwhelming. But there's something we can all do to help. Connect with your older loved one virtually and have the conversation of a lifetime with StoryCorps Connect. Anyone can conduct an interview, and every interview will be archived at the Library of Congress, becoming part of American history. Connect, honor, share at StoryCorpsConnect.org slash AARP. Get ready for the back nine. As the pro show continues, once again, the director of fun, Keith Stewart. Welcome back to the pro show. I'm your host, Keith Stewart. You know me as the director of fun. You're listening to ESPN 920. Elisa had such an infectious personality. I love this job. When you left this town with your windows down in the wilderness inside. Let the exits pass all the tar and glass to the road. You know, if you're loving today's show, there's more on podcasts. Strangers in this town. You can't do that. You gotta start again. I know. I was like, I was like, he can cut it, and then I was like, there's music in the background. He's gotta roll. All right. Here we go. In three. Stop, you. Okay. Three, two, one. Get ready for the back nine. As the Pro Show continues, once again, the director of fun, Keith Stewart. Welcome back to the Pro Show. I'm your host, Keith Stewart. You know me as the director of fun. You're listening to ESPN 920. Elisa had such an infectious personality. I love this job. When you left this town with your windows down in the wilderness inside. You know, if you're loving today's show as much as I am, I'll post it tonight. It'll be there on iTunes, Google Play, Spotify, etc. You want to listen to a couple more? We got over three years worth of shows. Check them out. And check us out on social media. Give us a follow, at KJStewartDOF. And if you want to stream us, 920ESPNNewJersey.com. Hear us anywhere. In your Volvo lights, lit up green and white, with the cities on the side. But you held your course to some distant war in the corners of your mind. From the second time. You know, I was as you played that, I was thinking to myself, you you did know her name was Elisa, right? Not yes. Angela? Yes. Okay. Yes. It's okay though. Alright. She was fantastic. I just like the Lumineers. It was really cool, yeah. Very, very good, you know? And uh, you know, as you played that song, and it, it you know kind of created a little mood in my mind there for a moment. Um, it got me thinking to myself. You know, a lot of people are listening to the show these days. There, Mister Wade Weezer. Mm-hmm. I got a couple phone calls this week where um, folks in the golf space are very impressed with obviously just your produ- production work, not sure. me. I was going to say, um, what I think of you. Yeah, no, um, you know, they, but it, uh, more on that to come, folks. It's been uh, it's been a crazy week. It's been a great week. And it's been just another week on the pro show, which leads us to the weekly update. So let's hear from our friends who sponsor the weekly update. Those from TaylorMade. Let's compare Chrome Soft and Tour Speed with the tour response from TaylorMade. Chrome Soft and Tour Speed are both soft urethane and long off the tee. But Tour response is also urethane, also long off the tee, and even softer 
and it costs less. Tor Response is a tour quality ball that doesn't cost as much as other tour balls. Learn more about Tour Response and to find a ball fitting near you, head to TaylorMadeGolf.com. When karma kicks in. We all know John Rahm won the 121st U.S. Open, but Kevin Dotson and Amir Vera from CNN, they said they had a quote from Rahm. I'm a big believer in karma, and after what happened a couple weeks ago, I stayed real positive, knowing big things were coming. I didn't know what it was going to be, but I knew we were coming to a special place. Moments. He quoted to say that moments after his victory on Sunday. I know I got my breakthrough win here in 2017 and the fact that my parents were able to come. You know, it just felt like all the stars were aligning. It's also the location that holds a very special place in Rom's heart. He proposed to his now wife, Kelly, in San Diego. Oh, right. So as Rom hugged his infant son. And his wife, moments after he was declared the winner, Sunday, you know, it was his first Father's Day. We talked about that earlier. It's all a pretty cool story when it comes together and the power of positivity reigns true. You know, there's a lesson in all of this for our young aspiring PGA Tour players there, Mr. Wade Weezer. Yes, sir. You know, sure, that positive mindset is important. But if we follow Rom's lead and take a look at future major championship sites, we find the ones in those cities that we really like and then we propose there. Right. Okay. <laughs> It worked for him. It's bound to work for us. Wow, I'll we'll never be back here again, honey. Yes. Except for in three months. <laughs> Except for three years in the PGA Championship. Bryson streaking to the lead. We're going Bry- streaking! <laughs> Bryson's championship hopes came to unusual end on the 13th hole on Sunday. Though he finally finished the day, closing with a 44 on the back nine and a T26, we will all remember the 13th hole. In the lead after 10 holes, Bryson bogeyed the 11th and 12th holes, but the 13th was a little different. It started with a slip on the tee that caused his tee shot to go way right. Mm. Then there was the streaker in the fairway. Then he finished with a a 12-pack as his ball (laughs) flew over the green, and it rolled up next to a 12-pack of beer, which I was thinking to myself, like, how does that even end up there? How does that happen? Tory Pines, baby. All right. The USGA execs had to be cringing, right? (laughs) Quite possibly the most eventful double bogey in U.S. Open history. You know, Bryson's bomb away strategy led the way for 64 holes. But boy, did it come to a crashing end quickly on Sunday. Uh, If there's a circus out there on the PGA Tour, there's no doubt my man Bryson has made himself the ringmaster. (laughs) Corda's back on course. That's right. Nelly Corda. This report from Grand Rapids, Michigan. She became the first two-time winner on the LPGA Tour this season, closing with a 567 on Sunday to win the Meyer LPGA Classic. She had 27 birdies and two eagles this week, if that's good. You know, the 22-year-old American ranked number four in the world, won her fifth tour title, and she rebounded after missing the cut just two weeks ago in the U.S. Women's Open. Um, This week is a major week as the KPMG Women's PGA Championship is taking place. Now, we haven't had a U.S. woman major champion since Angela Stanford in 2018 and in the PGA Championship, not since Danielle Kang in 2017. With an opening round yesterday of two under 70, Nelly seems poised for back-to-back trophies. The team for Tokyo. You know, we've all seen a lot of the Olympic qualifying um, over the past couple days on NBC. But the men's Olympic teams were set following the U.S. Open. And the Americans have Justin Thomas, Colin Morikawa, Xander Shoffley, and Bryson DeChambeau. Um, This will actually mark four different American players than the ones who competed in the 2016 games. 
And Morikawa said, I'm so excited. Obviously, it's a little consolation to not winning the U.S. Open, but I'm going to go and play. He goes, it's going to be one of the best things in my life. I think back as an amateur just two years ago, literally two years ago, and to be on this team and be heading to Tokyo, it puts a smile on my face. I'm really excited. All right. Well, every country was allowed up to four representatives if all were in the top 15 in the world. Um, outside of that, any country was allowed a maximum of two players in the field. The men's competition will be contested July 29th to August 1st. Um, and there will definitely be three new medalists because uh, Justin Rose, Henrik Stenson, and Matt Kuchar, who won the medals in 2016, all failed to qualify this time around. So, Wade, we are sending the number three, four, five, and sixth ranked players in the world. And each got a long look at the medal John Rahm wore around his neck Sunday night. Mm. So hopefully that's enough fuel to grab a little gold on their own and next month. Can we not send them on the same plane? Yeah, probably <laughs> best and speaking of sending more people the women will finalize their player list this sunday at the completion of the kpmg nelly corda danielle kang lexi thompson and jessica corda are in position more to come on that in the next week's update brady trying to win another title tom brady new england patriots legend Tampa Bay Buccaneers savior, the greatest quarterback the National Football League has ever seen with seven <laughs> Super Bowl titles. You gotta love hyperbole, right? Yeah. Uh, as it turns out, he he's an expert troll as well. Yeah. Yes. He's, he's multi-talented. Ahead of his charity golf match, where he teams up with Phil Mickelson against Aaron Rodgers of the Green Bay Packers and Bryson DeChambeau, Brady has been hot on these social media airwaves. Um, referencing all sorts of things, whether it is the beef between DeChambeau and Kepka. Um, he even took a shot at Rodgers and said, you know, great job kicking a field goal at the end of the NFC Championship game. Really good strategy there. Hope you have better strategy for the match. Um, as we get closer to the actual match, though, uh, Brady has been demonstrating. Um, he did this one the other he, he posted this one the other day. Fantastic. That he has some legitimate golf skills. He made three like 25 foot bending putts in a row. And in each one of them, he, he was calling out Bryson and Aaron. And he said, Phil, you're going to see this all day. All right. Well, we have to wait until July 6th to see which team will prevail on the course. But for now, it's clear that Brady is winning the pregame posting. All right. Sorry, we don't take visa. Here's a good story from the KPMG this week to close up. Canada's Brooke Henderson played for the first time since February 2016 last week without her sister, Brittany, on the bag for the Meyer LPGA Classic. She missed the cut, 75-67. Bye-bye, slam your trunk, no weekend for you. Um, it seems that Brittany's work visa expired on June 15th, Ooh. just prior to the tournament. Uh, last September, uh, the former Symmetra Tour player and big sister, she married uh, Zap Sepinak, who hails from Grand Rapids and works for the LPGA's communications team. And he applied, and she applied for new immigration status. The couple bought a house in Naples, et cetera, et cetera. It seems the paperwork, though, um, got stuck on Senator Marco Rubio's office desk. Um, Brooke, a two-time winner of the Meyer, um, you know, she said that it, this was a huge dip in my confidence not having Brittany on the bag. You know, we've worked together for five years. She just knows me so well. And so things are very easy with her there. A 10-time winner on the LPGA Henderson's lone major victory came at the KPMG Women's PGA Championship. So... Brief update. Wednesday of this week, the paperwork came through. <laughs> yeah. Wade Weezer, yes. The day before. And big sister Brittany is back on the bag this week. Now, 
Brooke had an opening round 74-2 over, so it seems the sister duo still has more work to do. And folks, that's your Pro Show update for the week ending June 25th, 2021. Thanks, as always, to our sponsors, TaylorMade Golf, New Jersey Golf Foundation, and Summit Golf Brands. Next week on the Pro Show, we have a very cool storyteller. His name is Michael Whalen. He is the production mastermind behind Building the Golf Channel. His stories of the start are off the charts. I've already talked to him, a little pre-show meeting. Craig Can, Kelly Tillman, Scott Van Pelt, he hired them all. Can't wait for this interview. And you know what else I can't wait for? To see you in another week there, Wade Weezer and to catch up with my listeners. Now, before I go, I'm going to leave you all with one brief thought about being positive. In the dictionary, positive is listed as an adjective and a noun. Embrace both sides. After all, being positive will definitely lead to positive results. I'm your host, Keith Stewart, and this is The Pro Show. Thanks for joining us for today's show. The Pro Show with Keith Stewart returns to the T next Friday at 3 on ESPN 920.